3742, what it do, player? You're listening to Stronger Together, CrossFit Fort Pierce's conversations to get us stronger, hold us together, and keep us getting stronger together. But you knew that because you saw the title when you clicked play. I just felt like I should have told you again or something. Congratulations and happy dairy to all of you who finished your whole 30. There's a lot of healthy looking people walking around the gym these days. And speaking about awesome gym peeps, today's podcast is talking to one of my favorite Jeeps of all time, Coach Champagne. In this week's episode, we started talking about being a surfer, being an instructor, being a student, and, well, being activated. I hope you enjoy this one as much as I did, Jeepo. Let's get into it. Is surfing really exercise? Oh, yeah. Uh, you come out and try it and tell me afterwards. <laughs> well, fair enough. Fair enough. Do you want to address this, Champagne? Because, again, I'm not sure if if you're burning more calories surfing than you are wadding or if that's even a fair comparison. Well, so, you know, a typical wad is like 10 to 25 minutes long and surfing is like – I mean, sometimes I'll go for an hour. Sometimes I'll go for six hours. So I'm going to – naturally burn more calories in the longer time that I spend surfing. Um, but for me, it's become like just secondhand like movement. Like it's not, it's not exercise for me anymore just because it's pure fun where a wad is clearly exercise. There's definitely a point though where you aren't relaxing like at all while you're hmm. surfing or when you're learning. That's the stage. That's the stage I'm at. Yeah, it's not relaxing at all. It's exhausting. That's getting to the point where you can relax. Yeah, I can relax for like one percent of the time. In between now. the waves, you're not like falling off of your board while you're trying to sit on it. Like correct. Yeah. Have you always been a surfer? Oh yeah, always. Born and raised surfer. Yeah. Have you done competitions before? Yeah, I competed throughout my childhood, and then I actually competed a little bit when I was in college at UCF, and that's about where it stopped. Really? Can you say a little bit about what being born and raised – I mean, don't tell being born. We've got some child (laughs) listeners. Don't do that. (laughs) What does it mean to be raised a surfer? Uh, My parents took me to the beach every time they wanted to surf, so – Basically, until I started surfing, I was sitting on the beach, just staring out at the ocean, playing in the sand, and finally I was like, you know what, this is for the birds, I'm going to start surfing, I'm just going to start trying, and um, then my parents took me even more, so like every day after school, every weekend, like it was the best place for us to be as a family, and like really just spend time together, and I mean, even my sister started paddle boarding, which was a big thing, um, seeing how she couldn't walk before. Mm. Um, so there's something that we could all do together. And like, it's actually a very similar community as the CrossFit community. You know, you walk in and you pretty much know everyone's names. I can kind of walk into Fort Pierce, North Jetty and know everybody there. And they ask about my parents, they ask about my sister. So yeah, born and raised. That's really interesting to me. I'd like to follow up in two ways. The first is, uh, you know, similar to CrossFit, there are uh, certain people that when they hear uh, even me talk about CrossFit, they'll say, oh, I don't do that. 
And I feel like yeah. like <laughs> surfing is the same way. And people will say, oh, yeah, as if you're, you either are or you aren't. But you mentioned that your sister uh, wasn't really even walking by the time she began surfing. So can you say a word about, you know, uh, at least something to those people that kind of would identify as I'm not a surfer? I can't. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I guess for those of you who don't know, Morgan is disabled. Um, she has some issues with her calf muscles and her hips that don't allow her to walk like a like one of us. And um, so she couldn't really do just the regular surfing. So she would actually paddleboard on her knees. So that's a little bit of a different um, concept than just not being able to surf. Mm -hmm. She kind of made paddleboarding her thing while we were all surfing so she was the lone like paddleboarder out there which was kind of cool it was her own like style and stuff um so, yeah. so there was always yeah. a modification entry point for right. yeah yeah that's a really good way to put it so if you were a lifelong surfer have you been a lifelong crossfitter no no i actually i started crossfit i think like four years ago and i was definitely not a <laughs> The natural at it, that's for sure. I mean, I don't think anybody who starts is necessarily a natural. Mm. That's so interesting because you look like a natural. Yeah, I think a lot of people who haven't been there um, to see my journey think that maybe I never struggled. But, I mean, I remember, you know, trying to do a push-up <laughs> from the ground and not being able to and just working it over and over and over. So, yeah, just like everyone else, you know, I went through the struggles. Okay, so you had a surfing background, you know, you talk about surfing since childhood. You don't have a CrossFit background from childhood, but were there other sports and other things that you were involved with um, while you were surfing or while you were growing up um, before you became a CrossFit athlete? Yeah, I did um, Taekwondo. I did traditional Taekwondo for a long time, um, probably about 12 years, and I finally got my black belt when I was um, 15 or 16 years old, and both of my parents actually did Taekwondo, so it was another thing that we could do together, um, which made it easier for all of us. Um, okay. And... <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I want to go back, because when you talk about doing surfing and doing Taekwondo, like, I've done surfing because I have a Wii Fit account. <laughs> you doing surfing <laughs> means you've competed at a collegiate level. So you doing mixed martial arts um, and then being a black belt by the age of 16, I think we should notice that like I'm maybe it's being done to me. You are doing it. I want to lift that up. But what about your parents? When you say that your parents are doing surf, you did some surfing and your parents did martial arts. Can you say a little bit about that? What, what doing well, martial arts my looked like? Well, so we would come after school and there was a 430 kids class and my parents would like do a little bit of work, collect their thoughts before they would work out at the 530 class. So I'd work out at 430, they'd work out at 530 and I would actually sit there and watch them work out at 530, which kind of made me practice more. It's like when you take a class and then you stay after and you do the after party, you're getting that extra little bit in. Um, cause I wanted to be recognized by the adults at a, at a very young age. Mm. And I actually, I was because I was just there so much. Um, 
So I'm, I I guess you can call it like a little obsessive. Like I like to spend a lot of time practicing and watching videos and, you know, talk, especially like when my parents were my mentors for surfing and for Taekwondo, I had a lot of, um, you know, feedback to get from them, but now I'm their mentors. So like for CrossFit and the life class, which is kind of an interesting hmm. turnaround. So from my understanding, Champagne, your parents owned a, a local studio for a period of time? Yes, yeah, they opened or they opened up a Taekwondo school in Lakewood Park for a couple of years. Um, Is this uh, the time frame you're speaking of? Because from my conversations with you, you uh, started coaching or teaching? Yeah, so they opened it up probably from when I was about 12 years old to about 16 years, 17 years old. And when I, yeah, I did start teaching. Um, we had a trade-off deal that I could, you know, when I turned 16, they would pay for my car insurance and my gas if I taught a couple classes a week at the gym or at the, at the Taekwondo school. Oh, it's the same thing. <laughs> yeah, now it's the same thing. So I would do one or two classes a day and, you know, it, it was like my work, my job. Do you feel that um, spending the time not just perfecting Taekwondo and becoming a black belt, but taking the time of teaching and coaching, or uh, I believe it's teaching, um, has that translated over to making coaching in the gym easier from the time put in growing up? It's just, was it natural? Was it difficult? Were there things that had changed? Um, well, the movements are slightly different, obviously. <laughs> um, but I would definitely say it, it translated for sure because you have to not only be able to demo the movements, and you have to be able to explain it. You have to be able to explain what needs to fire when, and you have to be patient, you know. And I, I, th I think for the most part I'm pretty patient as a coach. Um, I might have been a little less patient as a 16-year-old Taekwondo instructor, uh, but over time, I think that I've gotten a little bit better at that. What about as a transition from being a coach in the martial arts arena, so to speak, and then a student at CrossFit? How did you uh, transition? Because when you talk about, um, you know, talking about things firing when, you know, for me, that was probably the most frustrating part of my CrossFit induction is just trying to recognize it like a golf swing. As, as If you've heard me speak once, you've heard me talk about you know, the, the golf metaphor in terms of you can't just will it to happen. It takes practice. It takes patience. It takes some bit of peace and calm. Can you say something about walking away from being an instructor and then walking into CrossFit, what your first couple of experience at CrossFit were like? Yeah, I was very happy to become a student again, actually, hmm. um, because, well, Taekwondo taught me a lot of discipline and just listening, like being able to listen to the words that are coming out of your coach's mouth mean it, it will take you so much further um so i enjoy being a student and receiving feedback especially because i know the effort that goes into it you know when somebody's trying to help you you know you have to listen and um so i i remember alan was he sent me a couple links to videos on how to just practice at home, like with a PVC pipe or a broomstick. And I did like me and Austin used to walk around the house with a broomstick, just practicing the snatch and like trying to keep it as close to our body or, and just being really nerdy about it actually. Mm. Um, 
yeah, yeah. You know, one of the co- the constraints that we have in the model that we have at CrossFit is that we have an hour. And generally speaking, yeah. we have a little bit less than that. Um, not me, but other people I know that look a lot like me come in a little bit late. And, you know, there's a little <laughs> bit of community building, you know, <laughs> a little bit of a little bit of talking, a little bit of silliness. You're the reason why we had to get away with the question of the day. (laughs) (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) And I accept your compliment. (laughs) Um, So, so we have this limited time and, and sometimes in an hour, it's just enough to get frustrated. So it, it kind of prohibits us (laughs) from getting to know you all as coaches better until that time adds up. And um, it also kind of, um, it, it, it eliminates that opportunity for us to do some of the things that you're talking about, at least conceivably, sitting back and watching, going off to the side and practice. Can, can you say a word about how those things are still possible in the CrossFit arena, the extra care, even literally inside our own CrossFit box? Oh, yeah. So, I mean, if you were to come in 10 minutes early, you know, it just – like, if there's a movement that you struggle with, like, I, I like to tell a lot of the girls most of the time, if you struggle with pull-ups, come in early, and it doesn't even have to be 10 minutes, grab a band, put it around the rig, and do, th- mm. like, three sets of eight strict pull-ups with the band. I mean, really, it takes about five minutes, but that little bit of time goes a long way. Or even staying after, we have a lot of coaches that come and participate in the class, so sometimes they'll stay after and you can always walk up to a coach and ask them for help or just watch my movement. Tell me what I could be doing better. And we're all so willing to help, really. You know, and I don't mean this as one of my jokes. I think I'm hit, I'm at my quota, <laughs> but I'm sitting here thinking, oh, so that's not by accident. That's not somebody who is just running because, I, you know, I can't fathom why people are early. If I know I'm going to be early, I generally just wait before I leave because being there early is, is wasted time. And so when I'm working out and I think, oh, they must be running early today, it doesn't seem like that's really accidental then. And maybe that's kind of a theme for what I learned from you is it doesn't happen by accident. When people are there early, they're not just saying, I'm early, I'm going to foam roll. They're making a point to be there early to mobilize. Um, and maybe that's kind of a, the same thing looking at you now and seeing you doing your on the bar muscle ups and saying, you know, it didn't happen by accident. It didn't happen today. Oh yeah. 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 Um, I think that, you know, sometimes somebody will come in and they'll just happen to be a couple minutes early, do a couple different mobilizations, whether it's on the foam roller or with the band and even activation, they'll be like, you know what? I actually like being five to 10 minutes early because that made my workout feel that much better Hmm. or staying after and rolling out, you know, they do it once or twice and they don't feel as sore the next day. And it's like, Oh, maybe that's what I should be doing instead of rushing out, which I understand, you know, people have places to be and things to do. But if you do have that five to 10 minutes of extra time, it really does go. So so then in terms of, you know, if you're feeling behind or like you want to make some aggressive steps forward, we're not talking about two classes a day. We're not talking about an hour when we get home. We might just be talking a few minutes at the beginning, a few minutes at the end. Find a buddy, find a buddy, find somebody. Yeah. Look for Mm. L Lori, Sam, all of, I mean, really 
Like there's a, t if you want to do it, somebody else in that class probably wants to do it too. And if you just put it out there, somebody will take the bait. I, I pretended to know what you were talking about the first time. I'm going to acknowledge that I don't the second time. What is muscle activation? And then if if you can convince me in a brief answer what, what that is, I'd love to understand why that's important. So it's specializing um, muscle groups to be firing. For example, I found out recently that my um, glutes have to be specially activated before I start workouts or I will be in pain um, the next day. So yeah. Oh my Tony's God. Yeah. I've got because... like nine jokes. I can't even pick yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I knew it was coming. <laughs> yeah. You're, so you're I... going to tell me that you're going to tell me that booty doesn't activate. <laughs> yeah. I know. Unfortunately. It's so just maybe that's why I don't have one. I just have an act. I haven't clicked the code. Let me check my email. See if I've got my activation. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. One of us was being adult and then Tony okay. and I were not. It was bound. It was about okay, okay. So, all right, start over. I, I'll keep my, I'll mute my giggles. <laughs> so, why does that matter? And how do you, how, do, how the hell do you figure that out? And then, why does it matter? Well, I, I was telling Tony, a fellow coach, that I was having back right, pain. Right, this is HIPAA law. Like, okay? you know what? Medical conditions here, everybody. This is sensitive information. <laughs> he was like, you know what? You probably just need to spend more time activating your muscle groups before you start working out. So he gave me the um, the band that goes around your knees. I can't remember the name of it. Slingshot. Oh, yeah, the slingshot. It's the blue band at the back of the gym. Put it around your knees and like do some side-to-side -side walking and or some squats or some glute bridges, and you'll feel a difference than when you do it without it. Um, and I find it makes a big difference in my squats and my like squat cleans and stuff, so – Wow. particular you know i've spent four months pretending this when i talked to tony but i mean it now this is information that's like literally making a difference for my life like right now oh well i, I mean of all that. the you've not only activated my glutes but you've activated my mind and you've activated <laughs> my heart so i i have a question for you champagne how important is changing people's lives and coaching and being in front of people every day in the gym how how important is that to you and how has that affected your life or changed your life? Because I know a lot's changed in the last year and a half or so. We've talked about it, but I don't know if other people are aware, you know, what directions and everything you were going. Yeah, this is like the most fulfilling, easily, easily the most fulfilling thing I've ever done in my life. You know, watching people become the best versions of themselves and, you know, helping them keep them accountable and, you know make them feel proud of yourself. I, I really think that's my favorite part of coaching is watching somebody see all the hard effort or hard, hard work and effort they put into something and they're, they're rewarded with pride, self pride, really like it's, I was doing nails before. And for those of you who don't know, and it was, it, it was good, you know, it was good work. And this is like, I feel like I'm leading in my life, like I making changes and helping people grow. Well, coach, I have to say that um, the the extent to which you care uh, for us and about CrossFit is obvious, and your your attention to not just the details of the movement, but the details um, 
of each one of us that are coming in. So, so for that, I thank you. And um, it also is really neat to kind of connect that, that that's kind of uh, the student you've always been and the coach that you've always been. So I appreciate that and appreciate this conversation today. Oh, thank you. And I, I mean, I thank you guys, you know, for being patient with me over the past like year and a half as I try to develop my coaching style and yeah, it's been a fun journey excited to see where it goes yeah. from here so let's put in that little bit of extra work moving forward uh you know activate our hearts activate our glutes <laughs> i love it i love it you're never gonna glue this one down there it was there it is seriously aren't we lucky to have them or what hope you tune in next week when tony and i have another conversation with more of our people and talk about what's coming up next for the gym who are we going to chat with next week? Ah, you're going to have to tune in to find out. It's good talking to you. It'd be great to hear from you. Check in. Sign in. Enjoy your weekend. Take care of each other. And finally, please, eat good. Live well. And don't forget to make a little time to be back. <laughs>